Welcome. This is Ram Forward, a weekly podcast about the Los Angeles Rams. Hosted by two guys in California and Florida. It's LA Rams, coast to coast. Hello again, I'm Forrest Kelly, three and a half hours east of the 50-yard line at SoFi Stadium in Southern California. And I'm Mark LZ Rams, 2,200 miles east of the L.A. Memorial Coliseum in Northeast Florida. Here we go again, talking about how great the 49ers were and how bad the Rams were. But before we get to the analysis of everything, let's start off with a trivia question. And, you know, I gave myself a half hour to think of this, and I could not come up with the answer. I did not know this trivia question. Well, today's trivia question is about the 1983 Rams. It is a toughie that probably only old-time diehard Ram fans will answer correctly. The 1983 Rams were a run-heavy team due to the fact that we had rookie running back sensation Eric Dickerson. Quarterback Vince Ferragamo threw for over 3,200 yards and spread the ball out to everyone. Question, who led the Rams in both receptions with 55 and receiving yards with 657? Yep. Okay. Let's get right to it because we got a lot to talk about. Let's talk about the dreaded San Francisco 49ers in the Ram game. All right. Well, I'm going to deviate from my normal procedure of first talking about the defense and then the offense. And I'm just going to make a bunch of thoughts in no particular order. I just jotted these things. I was preparing for this. I just jotted down my thoughts during the week. And then I tried to assimilate them in some kind of coherent fashion, but it's not the normal structured format to which, uh, our listeners are accustomed. There isn't much good about Sunday's blowout loss to the Niners. First, the special teams. Well, they were fine. Matt Gay wasn't asked to do much, and Riley Dixon averaged 50.6 yards on four punts. They were the best of the three units for the Rams, as both the offense and defense sucked. It was another typical Rams-Niners game. I have concluded that it doesn't matter who plays for the Niners or who plays for the Rams because Kyle Shanahan has totally figured out Sean McStubborn's boring and predictable offense and Raheem Porras's boring and predictable defense. I have figured it out and I don't watch hours of game tape. It's very easy to figure out because they both do the same damn thing every game, even when it isn't working. The creative head coach we saw in 2017 and 2018 is now long gone. We won the Super Bowl last year, yet no team wanted to hire our defensive coordinator. What does that tell you about how the league views Raheem Porras? I thought we would win against the Niners because Debo was out, but as we saw, the Niners blew the Rams out anyway. Christian McCaffrey was a one-man gang, running for a touchdown, passing for one, and catching one. The Rams led 14-10 at the half, but Shanahan adjusted in the second half, while McStubborn and Porras did not. The second half was all 49ers, and they outscored us 21-zip. I'm going to state that I think we won the Super Bowl last year in spite of Raheem Porras, not because of him. Any defense with Von Miller, Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey is going to be great, even if an idiot like Raheem Porras is a defensive coordinator. He just doesn't understand that that charming defense will not work if the opposition can execute five-yard passes. He refuses to blitz, stun, or play press coverage. The Niners move the ball up and down the field all day, even without Debo Samuel. The Charmin defense will only work against really crappy quarterbacks. Niners quarterback Jimmy Crapolode is no Peyton Manning, but he can throw a five-yard pass. We have Jalen Ramsey, the best shutdown press uh, cover corner in the NFL. We are wasting his skill set in this Charmin zone defense. 
If the Rams foolishly retain Porras for 2023, we should trade Ramsey for picks and use those picks to rebuild our offensive line. McStubbard made perhaps the stupidest call of his career. We're down three scores with a minute and a half to go. So what does he do? He calls a pass play to Cup, who hurt his leg on the play. If you need proof that McStubborn is turning into an idiot, there it is. The game was over, so just take a knee. That was beyond stupid. We suffered another loss while leading at halftime. That used to never happen to McStubborn, who had some ridiculously long consecutive winning streak while leading at the half. Well, that's all gone. I don't know if he is out of ideas or delusional about his personnel or stupid or stubborn or a little of all those, but he's just not a good coach right now. We saw in the Goff years what a creative play caller he was. He needs to channel his inner 2017 Sean McVay and go back to do some of that. Daryl Henderson barely played because of a flu-like illness. He had six touches. Ronnie Rivers was the feature back, and he replicated what Cam Akers usually does, averaging 2.6 yards per carry. Malcolm Brown has no running skills at all at this point in his career and should be waived as soon as Kyren Williams returns. Now, the first touchdown we scored was laughable. We scored our first touchdown thanks to two penalties on the Winers inside the 10-yard line. It was pathetic watching the Rams try to run the ball down by the goal line and not be able to gain any yardage. We didn't do any better passing. We finally got the TD when Stafford scrambled in from the one-yard line. It is obvious our offensive line cannot even get one yard of push. Bobby Lunchmeat Evans is the worst offensive lineman I've ever seen play for the Rams, and this goes back to 1973. On one play, he stood there while two Weiner defenders strolled past him on their way to Stafford. Can McStubborn see how bad this guy is? Doesn't he watch game film? Can he see that this guy can't block anyone? Put someone else in there, anyone. Put a blocking dummy in there, as that would be an upgrade over lunch meat. Free agent Eric Flowers is available. They should have picked him up as soon as Edwards went on IR. He'd be starting ahead of lunch meat now. It's amazing how the Rams continue to play a disaster like lunch meat when a player who is better is available. Now, Eric Flowers is no Zach Martin, but he's miles ahead of lunch meat. The Rams' inactivity in addressing their offensive line woes is incomprehensible. Van Jefferson finally made his return and played 31 snaps, but had no touches. I'm not sure if he will have the same important role the rest of 22 that, that he had in 2021. His status for this Sunday's game is questionable because his knee is bothering him again. Same thing with Brian Allen. He came back and his knee is now bothering him again. These two guys are just having a hard time staying on the field. McStubborn is wasting Chitarius Atwell. I have no idea why he never plays. Cam Akers was not traded and is expected to play on Sunday. That will be interesting to watch. Hopefully the time off refreshed his legs and his attitude. Yeah, I don't know what the, what they're going to do. It seems like the Akers is going to play because he, uh, as we get closer to game time, McVay seems to be saying that Akers is going to come back and it looks like he's going to be doing the same exact thing. I can't believe like uh, with the, uh, the uh, Seattle Seahawks, the reason that they are doing so well is they struck gold on a couple of offensive linemen. And uh, Geno uh, has the most, I saw today that he has the most time protection in the pocket. And that's why he's completing 78% or something like of his throws and things. And it looked like Pete Carroll was, uh, you know, his genius was gone. But now he looks like an even more of a genius because, well, who's the guy he let go? Or uh, Bobby Wagner. It, it looks like he shot. He got caught so far out of, on a couple of plays on the, the 49ers. So out of position yeah. on the plays. And then uh, don't even, I mean, I can't even look at that play when uh, Christian McCaffrey threw the touchdown. 
It's like, oh, our, our uh, DBs are just so far out. I mean, it's like they're sitting on the sidelines watching the play happen. I know. It's not a well-coached team on defense. They're confused a lot of times. They don't know their assignments. Well, that goes to coaching. You know, when it's the whole team that's doing this, you can't blame any one or two guys. When this keeps happening game after game, you have to look to the coach. All right, a trivia hints. The uh, one with that I, I give myself a half hour to try to think of it, and I couldn't think of it, so I finally looked it up on uh, went to Google. But we asked who led the Rams in both receptions and yards in 1983. The hint is that he was a tight end, and he wore number 86. But I don't know how much of a hint that is because still didn't give didn't help me out. <laughs> but go ahead. All right. Well, on Sunday, as you said, we draw the uh, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, and what figures to be another tedious game that you'll have to watch with a bottle of no-dos. Uh, the three and four Rams travel to Tampa to play the three and five bucks. I see no reason to expect anything different from the Rams this Sunday than we have seen all season. On defense, Raheem Porras will play the Charmin defense, and Brady has enough left in the tank to dink and, and dunk his way down the field all day. Forget seeing any blitzes, man press coverage, or stunts, because apparently they are too complicated for Porras. He'll do the same thing he always does, and will likely be boring and ineffective. On offense, Mick Stubborn will do the same thing. He'll run the same predictable and boring Pop Warner offense that Hay has been running all year. We'll see a lot of runs up the gut, and they'll gain about one yard each. Then, after the game, he'll say that he has to do more. He'll call too many intermediary routes using straight drop-back passes, and, of course, that will limit our passing game. Then, after the game, he'll say that he has to do more. He'll run a few screens, but we won't see much more in the way of clever or creative play calling then after the game he'll say he has to do more he keeps saying that he has to do more but he just never does more i really hope that sunday he finally does more yeah i'm waiting for you uh, next week to have a a new nickname for uh, mcveigh as uh, you know he does say that i've got to do more i've got to do more well (laughs) yeah okay that's your new nickname or something um kyron williams have you heard uh what is his availability Um, for sunday no, and he's not going to play this Sunday. They put him on the designated to return, so he's on a, a week-to-week. I uh, didn't see that he practiced this week, but I don't think he's going to play. Yeah, those high ankle sprains, are they're so hard to predict and when you can come back. So, All right, let's wrap up this uh, mess and see what we're looking forward to. Okay, here's my summary on the state of the Rams. Well, we have lots of personnel problems and injuries, but the two biggest problems, in my view, are McStubborn and Porus. And don't tell me about McStubborn's past accomplishments. He used to be a good coach, but he has regressed. We won the Super Bowl, he got a big contract extension, and he got married in the offseason. Perhaps these factors have taken a certain edge from him. As the saying goes, he got paid, he got laid, he got Gatorade, and now he's just not the same guy anymore. His playing Stafford and Cup during the last two minutes of the game uh, when it was over was indefensibly moronic. His offensive schemes this year have been dull and predictable. It doesn't seem like he's in command of the offense like he used to be. Maybe he's suffering from burnout. It happens to intense coaches. He's in his sixth season now already, so that is a possibility. Also, please don't tell me about how bad the team was for the prior 10 years before he showed up and how uh, we've played in two of the last four Super Bowls. I already know all that. Let's focus on 2022, and he's just not doing a good job this year. If you want to excuse or tolerate his failure this year by pointing out how good he was in the past, that's your prerogative, not me. It's a new season, and I expect excellence every season. He had two weeks to design a clever and creative game plan against the Niners, but all he came up with was the same old thing. It wouldn't have helped if he had 10 weeks, 
because he does the same boring, predictable thing every week. He seems incapable of doing anything else. I don't know why it is. I just know what it is. Just once this season, I'd like to see McStubborn install a 2017-like game plan, which includes nonstop, pre-snap motion, nonstop rollouts, running wide a lot, regular screens, jet sweeps, bombs, flea flickers, slant passes, and passes to the running backs. He needs to rewatch some games uh, from 2017 and 2018 and put some of that uh, material into this season's plans. Until McStubbard and Porter show me that they can adjust and vary their schemes, I don't see the team playing much better than they have. Thus, my prediction, Bucks 21, Rams 17. All right, there you have it. Mark's prediction, Bucks 21, Rams 17. Our trivia answer, tight end Mike Barber led the Rams in both receptions and yards in 1983. This has been the Ram Forward Podcast. We ask that you like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And if you really like the show, feel free to write a review.